Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we're releasing one of 50 Mama interviews. The Mama interviews are 50 conversations with 50 legends of the Victorian drama teaching game. Drama Victoria has been recording these 50 interviews over the last two years to celebrate their 50th birthday. So please do sit back, relax, and enjoy a slightly longer than usual episode of The Aside as we bring you 50 legends in the Mama interviews. Please note, the audio quality varies depending on where the interview was recorded. Hello, and we're back with interview number two and the wonderful Lindy Clark. Lindy Clark, President of Drama Victoria and Head of Theatre at Caulfield Grammar Wheelers Hill Campus. Welcome, Lindy. Thank you, Ellie. Okay. We'd like to ask you uh, our first question, um, how, when and why you got involved in drama education? I decided at a fairly early age, I just love applause, um, and I did a lot of drama at school. Uh, one of the reasons I did that was I didn't have to sit in the auditorium and watch people talk <laughs> at assembly. I could stand behind in a costume, and that was a real perk, so I didn't have to sit still, because I suspect I was ADD before it was in- actually diagnosed. And I wanted to be able to do that sort of work with students, because I had some people who managed my energy level quite effectively and I thought if they can do that then that would be a really good goal for me to achieve with other kids. So when was it that you stepped into the uh, drama teaching world? As soon as I left school I went straight to Ruston which is now no longer there and I did the uh, yeah I did the drama English media psychology stream in my first year so straight from school I had decided that I never wanted to be an actor and I didn't particularly want to be a director and I didn't have much to do with theatre I didn't do amateur theatre I didn't do a huge number of plays I did the uh, actually did the Caulfield Grammar School plays when I was at the girls school Shelford up the road um, so I'd done a couple of classic plays but um, I wasn't driven to be an actor I actually want to be a teacher. Cool. Um, so what some what are some of the changes that you've witnessed over your years as a drummer education? Ah, uh, it's very interesting because I started teaching as all new teachers out do and I looked about 12. I started teaching at a place called Heather Hill High School and they had about four drama teachers and we all taught in a portable. I lasted six weeks there until they told me they had too many drama teachers. Why they hadn't worked that out in (laughs) February, I don't know. Uh, And then I got moved to a brand new school called Carwatha High School, which was actually initially called Noble Park North High School, which were the dregs, evidently, of every other school. So we got the naughtiest of the naughty students from Dandenong into this set of portables that was a disadvantaged school set up by the government and I loved it. (laughs) Loved every second. What I found fairly entertaining was the kids couldn't understand a word I said. 
So I actually had to start talking in a completely <laughs> different accent uh, and go up at the end of sentences, and then we all got each other. And it was great. Now, Phil Norman was at Heatherhill High School, was he not? He must have been there years after me. Okay. Yeah, he was after me. Cool. Um, so there were basically just women there when I was there. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, and then I went to Carwatha. will be coming up in another Mummer interview later on. Yeah. Um, so the highs and lows, Lindy, tell us about some of the highs and lows over the last what, 30 years? 30 years on and off. Um, and it's really interesting because it was when I wasn't teaching and I owned restaurants for four or five years and lost a large sum of money in that time. People thought it was really cool that I was a restaurant owner in Ackland Street and <laughs> in Elwood. And I suddenly realised there is nothing cool about putting a plate full of food down in front of people and them chatting to me like I cooked it and it was all just acting and it was all a production and I went, you know what, I am a much better teacher. And so I went back to teaching, I think a much, much better teacher. I, I cope with the hours better because I was doing ridiculous split shifts, you know, two sets of shifts on a Sunday. Okay, there were no reports and there were no... Um, exams and there was very well there was no correction but the bottom line was the interaction with the public was not something that I felt worked for me um, I love kids highs there's a high every week yeah. and that's why I still do it um, I've got a boy who's uh, one of my students one of my protégés has just got a, a one-man show with MTC um, and uh, he <coughs> was he's a John, one of yours. No, no, he's doing the MTC on the drama playlist. Um, ah, you may have to edit this out. Uh, he's doing. It's called Peddling. Cool. He got Darcy. Got the awesome. got the gig. Uh, he's only twenty five. Uh, I've got another kid up at Nida now, and I've got a kid at VCA, and I've had a kid do lighting at VCA, and I've got kid who kids who are working actors. And that's one good thing. And then I've got kids who can stand up at assembly, although they have chronic anxiety and a stutter, and say, come and see my play because it's really good. That's as important to me as any of the other stuff. And it's still exploring the power of, and you don't stop, still exploring the power of what drama does for kids. and. I know there's some old adage about you never know when your teaching stops. I've got kids who still come back to visit me years afterwards and, and it's joyful. It makes what I do seem really worthwhile. Okay, so what about some of the lows? Um, a kid pooed in the corner of a portable <laughs> once and I took it really personally. And he came up to me years later and went, you know how you didn't know anybody, you didn't know who pooed? He did end up in Pentridge. Um, this was at Carwatha High School. And he said, I, I wasn't making a political statement. I just couldn't find the toilets to be open and I knew you'd cope with it. <laughs> at the time, I thought it was a statement about my teaching, and I was really upset about it. Evidently, it wasn't, so that I felt better about. But um, Lowe's, <laughs> Lowe's are administration. Lowe's are not the kids. Uh, Lowe's, I chose a play once, 
don't know if I'm allowed to mention, it's called Barnum, and I hadn't read the end of it. And Barnum has an affair on his wife, and he's a big scam merchant, and I produced this production, and I didn't like the character that was the lead in the play, and I reckon it affected my direction. I reckon it's one of the worst things I've done. Um, but Lowe's... Uh, I don't have lows when a show's over. I did Lay Miz this year, which you well know, done. Uh, awesome. It's it's big, and I didn't know that you sing right through it. But you know, sometimes it's a joy for me to find these things out as I work through them. Um, <laughs> I never have any set ideas how to teach. I never have any expectations other than success of kids. I never listen to other people talking about oh so and so. You'll be lucky to get any work out of them because I do. I get stuff out of kids because I demand it and, you know, it might be the fear factor or it might just simply be, hang on, she believes in me. Um, but lows, I wouldn't be teaching mm. if I had lows. The low is driving 45 minutes to get to work. <laughs> but when I get there, I'm, I'm, I know it's a cliche, but I'm blessed. The kids love to come to my class and we'll stay all recess and chat and the head of campus when he's having a bad day will come into my office to watch me talking to the kids because it's one of the positive things we don't whinge uh I, whoops sorry we don't whinge uh and i have it's a whinge free zone in my space so that's Are we still uh, on we're yep, still good yeah cool. so no i very very few lows oh one low <laughs> Didn't teach my own kid, but worked with her um, on her VCE theatre studies monologue. And, the, and and I do fairly well. I get reasonable grades with my uh, kids doing the stagecraft monologue exam. And Top class. Um, and <laughs> I have a daughter who is not a natural actor, but is quite an ambitious student. And she was, the night before her exam, I had probably on my second bottle of wine, sitting on the front <laughs> veranda, screaming out at one o'clock in the morning, what if I'm wrong? What if I don't get it? And, you know, because that would have changed my whole relationship with my own daughter. Uh, so that was probably the possibility of a low, but it was a good ending, so I'm happy with that. Great but ending. She ended up top class for both theatre studies yeah, and yeah, drama. Yeah, but, you know, as a parent, when you pour so much time into other people's kids that have I missed giving the same stuff, well you've been through it, the same stuff to your own kid where uh, fundamentally that's vital and I've only got one child and she used to say to me they see more of you during rehearsal time than I do and I did a bit of parent guilt there for about 10 seconds but yeah that <laughs> would be my low that would be my low okay what about memorable experiences the most memorable experiences <sighs> both in teaching perhaps and in productions teaching um Oh, I'm going to get all teary. I walked into the uh, theory room last week. Just taking a moment. And the year 12s had left me a note. Which I took a photo of because somebody else was going to rub it out. But just unexpected moments of appreciation. You can get your bottles of wine and you can get your lovely cards and you can get your hugs. And the kids have taken to calling me Lindell for no particular reason. And there was this whole letter to Lindell on the board. And I went, you know, I'd walk over coals for these kids. 
Just, mm. And that's, you know, something special. And you don't get it with every group. You get it every two or three years. Um, another special moment, this boy that I mentioned who's got the MTC one-man gig got into NIDA. And it was something out of, we ran across, he rang me, and as he's ringing me, he sees me. He's driven all the way down to find me, to hug me, because I'd worked with him on his monos, to get into NIDA. It was that sort of moment, not pedophilic, completely <laughs> above board. Like, and he, and that, that was one of those sort of, you couldn't have filmed that better than this kid and I did. Uh, that's, yeah, that was another memorable moment. And just having the kids working when I was doing Les Mis it was one of my first all school shows from year 7 to year 12 and watching some of the cooler kids in year 12 um, working with the year 7s on their costuming or helping them come in and do their entrance uh, that watching that vertical education and the collaboration and working passionately together and me saying it's five o'clock your parents are outside can we run this one more time <laughs> and this is Sunday afternoon they've been there since 9 30 and you think this is not about me this is what this principal should be seeing <laughs> and I don't care how good or bad the show is this is what it's <laughs> about it's the process they're my highlights <laughs> uh, the mentors and collaborators that you've had the opportunity to work with over the the many years and, and the ones that stand out for you? I've been head of drama in a number of schools, which means I've been the head of me. Um, <laughs> I think col co collaboration. I love working with teachers often who aren't in my area who come in to observe and bounce ideas off me or ask me to clarify and explain stuff. And that's really good for me to verbalise what I'm doing because somebody, and I've had some student teachers and they've said to me, yeah, I come and watch you teach, but I don't know if you can explain how you teach. And you can, I said, I know every kid's learning style in my classroom, so I will communicate with each of them very differently. Some don't like eye contact. Some of my Asperger's need everything written down. Um, and I adjust accordingly. But I've been doing this so long, I don't know I'm doing that. Mentors, I think I had a, a, a lady I worked with at Shelford who um, I watched how she handled the kids and I watched how she just spoke to these girls. And it was, she treated them as equals, she treated them as intelligent, and she treated them as women who were going to go and do something with their lives. And I learnt from that. So it wasn't necessarily other drama teachers because I didn't have a lot of access. Um, at a lot of times to other drama teachers, just watching how people communicate with kids in a really respectful manner has, has been a, a really, I think, important lesson for me. Rob Galbraith, uh, God love him, God bless him. I watched, I was on uh, Pat, uh, writing the Theatre Studies written exam with him and he was a uh, a beautiful, gentle human being. And I watched how he communicated people with people in a really calm, sweet manner. I'm neither calm nor or sweet, but um, <laughs> sometimes I can pretend to be that. It's called acting. Uh, and I did, I, I, you know, some people like that. Um, I like to ha be engaged with interesting 
uh, other interesting drama teachers, and I've yet to meet a drama teacher that's not interesting, um, engage in educational philosophy or just talk about shows. Um, I like to collaborate with other faculty members. Um, and it's taken me a little while to realise I'm the elder in my area because I don't feel like the elder in my area and I still run faster than a good number of the kids in my area. <laughs> um, but just, okay, how long have I got left in teaching? It's now more about me mentoring other people and I, I wouldn't say necessarily I was mentored by people other than how to contain my energy. Mm. And, and, and I've had people around me that are going, sit down, I'll get you a coffee. You might think you're coping, but I can tell by your eyes you're not. Um, and I'm learning to give that back to people too. Mm. So that would be my answer. And what about favourite professional learning experiences? Ah. The ones that you felt were particularly groundbreaking and changed the way you... Um, I, I went and did that grad dip of Shakespearean <clears throat> studies mm -hmm. at Melbourne Uni. Um, with John O'Toole and with Richard Salas, and that was really cool because I thought, okay, face your fears. And Shakespeare's always been, you know, I, you know, I put my hand up to read in class, but, you know, I had no idea what I was reading because it was days before, you know, Shakespeare for dummies. And <laughs> I actually love putting Shakespeare on the floor. I did Macbeth this year, and I'm doing, and I did Twelfth, uh, not Twelfth Night. Um, Midsummer Night's Dream a couple of years ago and I'm doing The Tempest next year. I actually get more exploring it on the floor with kids and they have a great time and I I think that was one of my favourite hmm. favourite experiences and I did one of those audits um, Howard Fines, a New York director and acting coach and I went and watched him directing professional actors earlier in the year at Gasworks and I found that absolutely fascinating. That was watching how other, because we so rarely go and watch other people direct. You know, we go and do classes in, you know, how to do syllabus and curriculum and stuff like that, but how do you direct a show? And, and some of us just do it intuitively. I didn't know some people find it really hard to block because it's intuitively something moving a kid around a space is, I'm a visual learner, I can do that. Um, watching someone else doing that with an actor and talking through the text was really interesting. Mm. Okay, so what do you think some of the secrets are to um, longevity in a, a drama teaching career? Maintaining your sense of individuality. <coughs> Excuse me. Maintaining your respect for what you do because you know suddenly out of the woodwork will come the year nine maths teacher whose daughter goes to the chat and chew dance school and they think they're an expert in costuming lighting makeup and set and they'll tell you what you did wrong with your show uh, so there's those elements um, but most important energy Know when your body's telling you, okay, you're tired and you're grumpy, and work classes where you're not just performing yourself, because I think we lose sight of that. I think we, I think I know sometimes school and the classroom gets the very best of my energy and my performance, 
and then I get home and flop on the couch and I'm a grumpy old bag for the rest of the evening. <laughs> I think equity and, and balance in your life choices, energy balance at school and at home, and um, don't just keep trying to do cutting edge. Learn and don't just go, oh, that's a great play. I'm going to do that play next year. Look at the kids you've got to work with. Look at the personalities involved, the gender balance, and be smart about the choices you make when you choose productions to do, mm. whether it's in a classroom or not. Don't do written work last period of the day on Friday would be my last thing. <laughs> the yeah. secret to longevity. Yeah. Uh, is there any advice that you would pass on to the, the newbie ed drama educator? I would say all this bloody, uh, it's not psycho babble, this curriculum babble. I've watched all sorts of regenerations of, of not the national curriculum, but frameworks, VELs. Um, and I think these days there is so much more expected uh, in lesson plans and curriculum development. And you, I think teachers can lose sight of what they're there to do because they're so busy juggling the balls that constantly being thrown at them by the administration that they forget what they're, they're there to do. And sometimes your kids won't get good grades. Sometimes they will be horrendously disappointed with themselves because ultimately they don't want to disappoint you. Um, but think about all the really special stuff that you do with kids that no one else walks in and sees, that can't be marked as such, that doesn't have a grade scale. All these rubrics and it's tough. It's tough for the new teacher. Have I got any answers for them? Um, after 30 years of teaching, I don't do staff meetings, so uh, I just cut through that stuff. I, I just simply get on and do and tweak and adjust and listen and adapt and then attempt to use their, um, you know, different terminologies like scaffolding uh, whenever I'm talking to somebody in a position <laughs> of responsibility. So never stop your acting in the staff room would be my probably advice. Cool. Um, what associations, I mean, we know you're president of Drama Victoria. What, mm. what associations have you had with drama associations slash other associations um, beyond your school classroom context? None. Okay. Well. Um, what is that? WC Fields? Or is it Groucho Marx? I never want to be. I, don't, I never want to be a member of a club who'd have me That's a, a member. That's a lie. You're, you're president of Drama yeah, yeah. Victoria. You've so, had a long association. Yeah, I've had. I reckon 15 years on and off with Drama Victoria because drama teachers need each other because there are many drama teachers working in a little island by themselves, mm -hmm. uh, and that I feel. I am very privileged to work in a, a wealthy private school with lots of facilities and I believe at my end of the career my legacy should be giving back to other people who don't have those opportunities, hence the Drama Vic Theatre Festival that I'm so passionate about. Which is awesome by the way if you haven't got involved in that one. Um, okay, so we're, we're coming to the end of it. The last question was really about um, artifacts um, and and I believe there's a suitcase sitting in your car that yeah would you like to just talk to us about what's inside that suitcase 
that you you packed for your up, up and away journey through your retrospective journey career? In my suitcase, <laughs> I thank you notes from kids. Oh, I would have loved to have seen those. Um, it's a giant box and it's got photos and photos of me. And as one kid said, Lindy, there is no photo of you in all of these photos where you've got your mouth closed. And I think that says it all. Um, but it's downstairs getting the kids ready to go out. And I hate selfies and photos because it's not about me and I don't go out to visit the parents at interval. It's all about the kids. It's the kids' show. Once that show opens, I'm out of there. Uh, and I feel really awkward because I want them to shine, not me. And uh, it's a box of thank yous from kids who could barely spell. And the variations on Clarky, Clarko, Lindy, Lindall I have makes me laugh. Uh, and some of the stuff from programs from the 70s that I've drawn up myself when I had to... to establish a play I had to run a hot dog day uh, to the ridiculous budgets I've got now because it's all the same journey doesn't matter if a kid's in a private school or a government school when they discover drama it's a joy for both of us thank you very very much thank you very much for your time pleasure um, and uh, we look forward to seeing the mama interview um, somewhere yes. down the track and your flamingos are lovely thank you we can put on our sunglasses now okay <laughs> beautiful work well, that's all from us at The Aside. There are 49 other Mama interviews for you to listen to, so please don't hesitate in doing that. A huge thanks to the large number of people who were involved in recording all the Mama interviews and having conversations with 50 Victorian drama teacher legends. If you would like to contact us to suggest an episode topic or to ask us a question, please contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thanks to Eltham College for letting us record here and Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. Happy 50th birthday, Drama Victoria.